0: hey i'm
1: aeon and i'm the lioness and you're listening to box number 512 podcast
0: grown black trans woman talk changing your world one conversation at a time
1: the show begins now let's let you um mention in your updates that you just celebrated your anniversary and i think it i think is really important for this platform that we um and one of the things about our show that i love is that we have such very unique experiences Mm -hmm. and i i felt like it was important for um us to discuss your marriage experience um on this platform because that's something that we really don't hear um, about from black trans women, Mm -hmm. them being married and what the whole experience was like and um, how you navigated through it. Um, And not like your whole marriage, but like around, basically, I want this conversation to focus on um, your wedding and your wedding preparation, and just the emotions that you um, experienced and how you got to the other side. Because I just, I just, I think in our community, we kind of idealize like marriage and um, relationships and love. But because a lot of us don't, haven't really done it and haven't really experienced it, we don't have any expectations of like the reality of um not only getting married but what it means for your whole ecosystem
0: right right well i'm excited to share this conversation i think um one one thing i will say about i don't i I don't have again I, i didn't have very um many um examples i had no really no no friends that i could go to to like help advise me in this situation a lot of my close confidants are trans women and out of my friends, I was the first one that was actually going through this process. And so, I mean, I have sisters that have since then, you know, that are getting married and I have one of my close friends is, but I just remember feeling like, what the fuck now? Because unlike my sister or other women out there who have, who are from a, from a young age, already kind of like postured to embrace this process and, and kind of postured to like, Want a wedding and already have it planned and have ideas. I kind of came into this as a woman who's trans who did not expect to even be married. Like so that the deeper level was, this was just as much as a shock to me as it must to other people. Because if you were to ask me before I met my husband, would that even be fucking possible? I'd be like, no, I don't want to be married because I thought that that was something that would that would that that could not be that could not include me, that the definition of marriage was something that was too heteronormative, too specific, too you know directly influenced by the church and the world for me to be allowed to participate in that. So I had already dismissed that as an idea. So in this moment it's just exciting because I finally get to maybe give be a possibility model and maybe let other girls know like we are doing it. Right. We are right. doing it. So sister you have any
1: questions for me darling? Yeah, so, well, let me preface the conversation by saying this. Samaya and I um, didn't become, like, super close until after you were married. Correct. I, it, it, yeah, but it wasn't until after I moved to Chicago. Um, yeah. And I remember I came back, like, right at the beginning of my first year of law school, and I saw you, and that's kind of where we started our journey. But you were already married by then. So I just wanted okay. to preface that when, like, well, where are you at? I We weren't, we weren't, we knew of each other, but we weren't sister-sisters at this. But I wish we were, so I could have been there I to know. turn up and celebrate and all of that. But I want to start and my here. husband loves
0: her. and She comes to visit my house. She's one of the few people that, I, I don't have guests. So you are the only guest that comes to my house to stay. So, you know, that's a, that shows you the level of closeness that Brianna and I have. And um, my husband loves Brianna. And so her at the wedding would have been wonderful. But again, we weren't as close then. So I'm, I'm excited to share these details with you too.
1: Yeah. So let's start here. So how long were you and Sierra together before he proposed? Um, we
0: were four years. We were, we were together for four years. So we've technically been together since 2000. We, I, moved, I met him in 2010. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, we moved in and we've been together ever since. So it's a decade of us being in the same house. It's a decade of us paying bills together. It's a decade of us. Cause So we we evolved from what? We, in our time together, I think we did two or three apartments and now we're on our second house. We we've bought and sold our starter home and we're living where we are now. So it's been quite a journey. But yeah, it's been four years before we got married and it was one of those things um, we were living together and we were in Georgia and we were happy and it wasn't necessarily something that I was pressed for. And also to be real, I wasn't even at that point for real, I, I always just assumed that everything had a beginning, a middle and an end. Every relationship, including my family's did at that point. So I didn't think that this would, that there, that forever was a possibility. I only took it one day at a time. I didn't have expectations but after 4 years we were sitting on the couch one day and i remember kind of saying to him like so cuz also the big milestone for me was that was the, my my 20s were over <laughs> my 20s were over <laughs> So i here i am this 30 30 year old woman and i'm looking at my husband going so <laughs> what are we doing because you just got all my 20s and i no shade i, I don't want to be i you can i'm not going all through all of my 30s without something without some type of understanding of where this is going and you know just in his regular kind of peaceful self he turned to me and was like oh well i was gonna i i mean i've been saving for for, to get you to get you a ring i want to propose to you he said but i know you want something grand and you want something big and i just don't know if that's something i can do and i really looked at him in his face and i chuckled and he's like why are you laughing i said you have no idea how I'm not that girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't have no no a lot of people to come to no big wedding. Right. <laughs> so I, that's definitely not what I wanted. And yes, I I am I am a very grind woman. But I was like, fuck a ring and the value of the ring and 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 and, and, and all of these other little things. You know, we'll have. I wanted initially I initially mentioned to him having like a JOP and keeping it pushing. Um, in Georgia at the time, um, LGBT marriages were not legal, but I, because I had had my paperwork changed, um, I've had all my documents changed. I could have still got through, you know, right? and had it, but my husband pointed out to me, he was like, yeah, babe, but I don't want to get married that way. You're big. He said to me, he was like, what we've been through, you riding for me for this many years. I feel like it's bigger than a JOP situation. Mm -hmm. I was like okay well what's the budget (laughs) and he gave me a number and when I tell y'all it was not a big one (laughs) 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 but how about I sat on that couch and the one thing I asked him I said so what type of wedding do you want to have he said I want to have a destination wedding I was like work sat my ass down on my cell phone look tight in, um, um, destination vacations narrowed it down to this, this company that I liked in Hawaii, um, that had a pretty affordable package. Um, I paid for the marriage license online right there on the spot. And then I turned back to him and said, cause he told me, I, cause before when I he asked, asked for the budget, he I said, well, can you get, what card do I need to use? And he gave me a card to use. And right there on the spot, I paid for our wedding, the marriage license, all at the same time, right then and there. So now we have a wedding date, we have a wedding plan, we have a wedding, and I haven't technically been proposed to. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, So I I began my wedding planning. And so so it wasn't until, so now I, I set the wedding to be planned in August. Initially, it wasn't supposed to be on my birthday. It was supposed to be August the 20th was supposed to be the day. Um, but the, that particular year august the 20th fell i think on like a thursday and um in hawaii all of the all of these the beaches are public and so there are many different people many different officiants trying to vie for beach space on that particular day and some locations require that you have to register in advance with the park that so, so you can use that particular beach Um, and so while we were planning it, I thought that everything was fine and that we were going to be good for the 20th. And then the guy calls me back and says, um, so we could, I couldn't get the venue that you wanted for that particular day. Um, there's some other options and the options that he gave me for that venue were like the week before I'm coming to Hawaii (laughs) or like the week after. And I was like, well, we're not going to use that location. So where else can we, can we have this? And Hmm. He was like, well, if you want to have the wedding, because I told him what time we were going to be in town. He was like, well, these are some locations that are available. And there's this one location that has a great view of a sunset. And it's a beautiful beach. And the sun will literally look like it's setting on the water in front of you. Because, you know, Hawaii is in the, um, in the you know, in the Western Hemisphere. I mean, um, sorry, it's on the West Coast. And it's really, really far out on the West Coast. And it's close to the equator. So when the sun set, it literally looks like it's touching the water. mm." So he was like, we can do it um, we can do it there, but the only day available is the 22nd. And I was like, fuck. The Leo in me was very, very heated about having an anniversary on my birthday. <laughs> 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 because I want two separate gifts. I don't want you to just be my gift every year. You're like, well, you know, it's me. You know what I mean? No, I need <laughs> like, you no, guess. honey. I'ma need a gift. Um, and so in my selfishness for that moment, I was just like, eh, but then I thought about it and I was like, okay, we'll see. And um, what I will say is from the moment that I announced this process, shout out to my sister Toya Washington, also known as by her performer name as Ebony Sherry. From the very moment that I told my sister that I was getting married, she jumped into overdrive mode and really, really helped me. She's the girl that I went dress shopping with and we cried. It was just, it was so many different things but yeah, it was four years before we got married and then when I started the process, I paid for the wedding even before he proposed. He ended up proposing two months later Mm -hmm. but he ended up proposing two months later and it was hilarious because we were laughing because when he got on his knee to propose at this pub, at this, at the same park where we had our first date um people were around and when he got on his knees i chuckled i started laughing and he started laughing because we know that the wedding's already paid for right so so we're keying in the moment and the people are like looking kind of weird like why? Because he said, Will you marry me? And I started laughing because I was just
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> So the people are looking like, Oh no, is she laughing at him? And I was like, Yes, of course. <laughs> and then I said, I was like, Yes, of course. I have a dress to buy. Yeah. <laughs> and we, he chuckled too. But it was an inside thing. I wonder if those people that they. Thought that I was laughing at him in a funny way or not, but we we were in our own world laughing because he we had already paid for the wedding. So yeah, it was four years. It was a lot of family shit too that we're gonna that I'm sure you're gonna ask yeah me we're gonna about. get to
1: that
0: yeah. But it was four years, and 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 the process wasn't that hard. I mean, at least the paying for the wedding wasn't hard.
1: Um, so, so so there was a, there was the destination wedding. And then from the pictures, there was a wedding back in the Atlanta area.
0: Correct. So we had a reception in, um, the, at the Crown Plaza Ravinia here in Atlanta. And believe it or not, their whole hotel is designed to look or to have the feel of a, of a tropical Island. So they have birds in the in the they have birds in the um, like loose birds in the, in the in the in the what you call it the. When you walk into it, I forget what you call it. Like the
1: uh, the atrium or something? At
0: the atrium, yes. In the atrium at that main level, they had like birds in there and they already had tropical decorations and they already had it set up where there's inside the building little waterfalls all in the main area. If you've ever been to Atlanta and you've ever if any of the girls ever went to Southern Comfort Conference here in Atlanta, that hotel ladies, that's the hotel. And y'all know how it has that beautiful Lanai out back, and then all of that, those beautiful gardens. This hotel has like an like at least two and a half acres of gardens in the back and it's just like a botanical garden it's really beautiful and um that's where we had our reception um it had these little bridge overlooking these little creeks these man-made little creeks that they have in the back of their hotel and we so we we used the whole ballroom floor and we had it catered through the hotel and um you could literally walk from our reception out into across across a watered bridge out into some flowers it was so beautiful um but yeah, it was, it was, it was beautiful, but it was, that was the moment. Like when we got married in Hawaii, we had my brother and his sister came,
1: mm.
0: um, and no one else really from my family. Our parents are older and that was a pretty expensive ticket, you know, and it was pretty far for like, right, right. That's why we wanted to have that second ceremony. But what I do know is the second ceremony to me was the stressful one. Okay. And yeah. That was so, the one that was stressful.
1: So... I I wanna take the conversation here. I wanna so so when when you got when your engagement became a thing and your you know your your marriage is going to happen, how did how did the people around you um receive the news?
0: Um so let's I wanna start with the usual suspects. Um yes. I want to start with how family. Yes. So my family and I, before Tier did not have the greatest of relationships. In the four years that I dated him, though, there was a real rekindling of that relationship in a way that we, we were fully reconciled or yeah we were we were we at least fully reconciled to the place where because there was a period of time where i you know my parents would meet me at the mall like i was a stranger we would have visitations girl Mm -hmm. so (laughs) like it was it was interesting but there was a period of time where my parents just didn't know how to process my transition what was interesting what was funny was when i when i got into a relationship and then as a result of the relationship and me getting me graduating and getting jobs my parents, I guess, because they saw my success and they saw that I at the time was doing really, really well for and, and still now doing really, really well, all things considered, that there was nothing that they there was there was nothing for them to be hating on. And my they really liked Tierra. I really feel and I I, I say this all the time, I really credit my husband with helping me mend the relationship with my family mm-hmm. because I think a lot of their rejection of me was just based out of fear that I was never going to be okay, that something was eventually going to happen to me. That
1: I Or nobody was ever going to love you.
0: Nobody was ever going to love me, and I was setting myself up for this lonely, crazy life. Mm-hmm. When they saw stability in her, and I think, too, having a son back.
1: Mm, explain that.
0: So my my parents... Um, I'm, you know, I'm their child, but I was, you know, so of course, you know, as a trans woman, I was assigned male at birth. And I think the big issue with my parents really kind of, or particularly my dad, I'll say my dad, the big issue with my dad was he felt like, I come from a very traditional kind of Southern, I'm from South Carolina, small town kind of mentality. And in my childhood, women were in the house I mean, excuse me, women, I mean, yeah, women were in the back rooms or in the kitchen or are sitting in their own areas and men are separate and they're in a whole nother place. And the men and the women kind of don't really necessarily sit amongst each other all the time. And I think in my father's um, old school mentality, I was no, as a girl, I was no longer privy to the conversations of men. And he lost his ability to engage with me about certain topics on certain levels, because I was a woman. And so what t allowed was for him to have somebody he could talk about football with. It was um, somebody that he could talk about the draft, someone that he could um, talk about cutting the grass and strategies, because my father is he really should be a topiary artist like my father you know he's really into landscaping and especially at our house and my mother is really into our plants and like i though am none was none of those things <laughs> 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 and so i feel like i think my dad enjoyed tears calm spirit and his nature and he enjoyed the fact that my husband looked up to him and he enjoyed that my husband listened to him and that here was always respectful. And I think my dad liking him made him like me more, (laughs) you know, and even though since then, my father and I have had very much more meaningful conversations and he's even apologized to me and we are in a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful place. Mm -hmm. But at that time it was still difficult. So my family kind of, was okay with it because they were okay with Tierra. They liked him. So it wasn't no pushback from them. Now, his family was a bit different. Um, and this is not to throw anybody under the bus. We have really great relationships now. Like I said, all is well, but I'm telling my story. Right. Um, my mother-in-law, um, my um, husband's father is deceased and my mother-in-law is single. And my mother-in-law could not fathom the idea that i was going to be in her family um mm. leading up to the wedding she stopped speaking to us for a while um um it was a very difficult kind of a situation with her
1: um how was the relationship before before y'all were going to be married was it good then
0: Ha <laughs> ha i didn't meet her until that reception oh oh yeah she told him don't bring the world to my front door oh okay (laughs) and i wasn't allowed i never met the woman okay um by the before i had never met the woman we never talked on the phone or anything so my first encounter with her was the night before my reception i'm headed out for my little women's dinner slash bachelorette party but it really wasn't bachelorette it wasn't really like no sexy thing it was like we went to a restaurant actually went to lips here in atlanta a drag restaurant and we had um you know, we sat down and had a meal and it was cute. And it was me and my girlfriend Toya. Again, none of my friends showed up. I invited everyone in my life to that event. Even if we we we,
1: we we gonna get to that. Yes.
0: <laughs> no one fucking showed up. So it was just me and my sister Toya at this event having a nice dinner and I had my crown on, my little tiara, and I was like the you know, I felt special and the MC of the Lips show called me up on stage and they, you know, did a little thing for me. So I felt special, but before we left. I ran into my mother-in-law as she was checking in into the hotel in the lobby. Not a great encounter. Um, It was just two Leos meeting. (laughs) And both of us trying to, I really feel like it was both of us trying to make the other one know it, girl, I don't see you. (laughs) So we're coming through the sliding glass doors in the hotel that spin around as I'm going out of those doors, she's actually coming in. And the doors are spinning. And we shared this, both had this moment of like disgust and like resentment and like, it, we didn't say anything out loud, but there were definitely like sucking of the teeth and uh, and noises. And like, you know, we had a moment. It wasn't, it was not cute. To the point where my girlfriend was like, girl, who is that B word? And I was like, don't say that. That's my mother. like don't say that because my girlfriend was ready to be like what you know have words and i was like that's my mother-in-law and she was like no you're kidding me and i was like yeah girl that was our first meeting (laughs) she was like are you going to go back and speak to her or introduce yourself i was like no but i knew she knew it was me because her brother now every other member of Tierra's family had embraced me i was allowed to go to any events but if i was at an event his mama wouldn't show up. Mm. So it was very that tea. So everybody else in the family knew, loved me, and was cool. Like they had known me for years. So I wasn't new to them. I had been there for high hell and high water. I babysitted his sister's kids. Like everybody in in his side of family, but his mom was okay with me. But she was the last holdout. And at that event, we kind of had an awkward moment. And then the morning after the ceremony... We had another awkward moment, (laughs) but, um, just, and just, and we had words, um, because she was like, why didn't you speak to me when you saw me? And I was like, I was like, why did you have a nasty look on your, you know, we had words and she opened the car door on my ass and put, and tried, told me to get out the car. Like we had words, but, um, we opened, we had words, but we were able to mend that. I was not surprised by her reaction, to be honest, because she didn't know me. And now knowing her, I know how territorial she is. I know how dominant she is as a woman. But I also know how much she loves her son. And I get that I was probably the unknown factor. And since then, she and I have had wonderful conversations. And she's all right with me. We don't have no beef. We don't have no quarrel. I've cooked at her home for, for um, Christmas because everybody knows me, knows I'm a cook. I cook Christmas, like for Christmas, I cooked at her house, which is a big thing for women. And we and, and every time I come, she's always been more than welcoming. And Tierra and I stay in the same room and it's no tea, you know. Um, so I like her, it's no problems now. But yeah, family was the thing that I was kind of not surprised about. I knew that his family would kind of be a little resistant, and I knew my family was gonna be okay. What gagged me though, sis, was community. Yeah.
1: okay so we're we're going to get there but before we get to the community there I think there was a touching story that you told me about your parents on the day of your wedding did you do you feel comfortable saying that here or um
0: well the, which, 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 which um, I've, I've, actually at this point more than one thing happened you talking about my father what he said yeah to me? yeah okay so um, after, so when I first came down this grand staircase at this place, and now mind you, my dress, now this is the one part of my ceremony that I did invest in, was my dress. And I, and I didn't pay, I was able to get the dress significantly um, cheaper than the 7,000 and some change they wanted for it, but I did still invest in a really nice, nice, nice dress. Um, and it, it was the full carry. I wanted to be full Disney princess. I needed the train. I wanted to be, my my inspiration was The King and I. Um, If anyone knows that Disney movie where, you know, they wear the big hoop skirts, that was my initial inspiration for the shape of the dress. But the wedding was themed, it was um, an Indian themed ceremony. So I had all Indian jewelry on and my husband was in an Indian outfit, you know, one of those um, traditional men's wedding outfits. Mm-hmm. I had on all of my 200 pounds of jewelry, honey. <laughs> and when I came down those stairs, I saw the shock pass over all of my guests. And I remember going, my heart started slamming in my chest because of course, as a trans person, getting that kind of attention feels away. You know, mm-hmm. my body didn't interpret it as a good thing at first. Initially, my fight or flight was triggered. I wanted to punch, bitch. Because I was like, oh, girl. Because now, mind you, the whole hotel lobby is focused in. And I'm going down this grand staircase down the, in the middle of the hotel lobby down to the atrium level where my event is being held. And everyone is standing around this grand staircase waiting for the bride to come down. So I come down the staircase. I have my full bouquet and all of my regalia there to ascertain. And I'm coming down the staircase and immediately... And hey, you, you know, were sitting
1: the she was sitting. Oh, Let me thank say you, that. Thank you,
0: thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, girl. Immediately the wedding photographer, you know, he's like, okay, pause here, pause here, pause here. So I'm a little frustrated because I envisioned in my mind that the entrance would be more like slow. It would be more like I envisioned it being a descending, but it was really like, stop, let's take a photograph, stop in the middle, let's take a photograph. All right, I need you from this angle, I need you to look up. You know, it became <laughs> So in a weird way that allowed me to not focus on the people staring at me, because now all the cameras are going off. So as I'm coming down the staircase and more of the guests can see me, it's just like cameras are flashing everywhere and I'm nervous. I'm starting to, I'm like, please don't let me stress sweat. I just put on this makeup. Like, <laughs> like
1: mm-hmm. please, leave,
0: please leave. I get down to the bottom and we immediately, I came, oh, by the way, I came down the stairs to wishing on a star I wanted it to be wishing on a star, the original, um, by the
1: Royce Royce. Royce
0: Royce, yes, uh-huh. The original by Rolls Royce, that's what I wanted. But of course, the the queen that I had in charge of the music. Beyonce. Did Beyonce. So I'm coming down to Beyonce's Wishing on a Star, baby. And then <laughs> when we get to the bottom of the staircase we immediately went into our song, which is Donnie's Hathaway, A Song For You. So we immediately went into our first dance. So he's at the bottom of the staircase waiting on me, smiling and his hands waiting, outstretched for me. I grab his hand and the music immediately shifts to um, our song, A Song For You by Donnie Hathaway. And we start our slow dance. And then after we slow danced and everybody clapped, and yay, and did all the pictures. Then they paid uh, some fast music. So then, bitch, I'm in this dress and I'm trying to like look smooth while no one else is dancing, watching me and my husband dance. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was before I let go. i mm-hmm. um, um, not the Beyonce, praise the Lord, that wasn't out
1: there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but we danced to "Before I Let Go" in front of after we did our song for a song for you by Donny Hathaway. And I looked around the room and I was really, really amazed. But what was interesting was, is my father after, now I didn't see my parents. Now they had texted me saying that they were there, but I didn't see them. And believe it or not, at the beginning of the ceremony, my parents were kind (laughs) of hiding. They were like in the back of the room, kind of like observing from a distance. Like you would not have known if those are my parents. You would have thought they just were another one of the guests um, initially. And then as I'm getting all this love and whatever, my my mom, you know, my mom couldn't hold it no more. She was just, she comes up to me and she's like, oh my god, you look so beautiful. And she hugs me and we have this really, really touching moment. And my father at first says nothing. So then the event goes and we're taking pictures. And then we, and he, he says, I want to take a picture with you. And I was like, oh, okay. And my daddy puts his arm around me, and we take this picture. And then he turns to me and he says, Samaya, you look beautiful. The room got quiet in my mind. I couldn't hear nothing else. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, the world stopped. Because my daddy told me I was beautiful. And that had never happened happened before. Not only did he say I was beautiful, he used my name. For the rest of my days, and I looked at him and I said, thank you. And I said, Daddy, you stood for me today. In a way that I did not expect or a plan. And you stood for me. And I will always stand for you. And we had, we both got teary eyed. And then, you know, him being the dad that he is, he's all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. He kind of, you know, walked, he pushed me away playfully. and We laughed and he walked away. But that moment for the rest of my life was an affirmation because I never thought that would happen, I thought that was impossible. I thought it was, it. I would I would never live to hear him say that. He's the one person that I did not even have the expectation for him to ever say it. Because that's how anti I thought he would be. But in that moment, caught up in the I guess the beauty of that the beauty how beautiful I was, caught up in the celebration and seeing how much people loved me and, and, and was willing to stand by and support us, I think he it softened it softened that old man's heart. And since then he calls me Samaya. Now, you know, he's he's like any parent, he'll sometimes slip, but he always apologizes profusely. And I can tell now you know, we have we've had some miscommunication since then, just regarding him just being more on it about it. But now he doesn't make no mistakes. He's a he he, he tries his best. And if he and, and like I said, if he if he does even slip and say he, like casually, he'll like profusely apologize. So I love my daddy, and that was the moment I knew he loved me. Until that moment I always had my doubts, but when he turned to me and said, Samaya Oh girl, I'm getting emotional. He turns to me and says, "Amaya, you look beautiful." I swear to you, I thought people were lying when they say something can happen and the music stops and you and everything goes slow mo. That's exactly mm-hmm. what happened. I was lost and I was trying not to fall out in front of them people, and that is one of my most beautiful memories.
1: Mm, yeah, I, I really wanted the um, listeners to um, hear that story because I remember when you told it to me, it just it really touched me. Because you know, you know, we we long for that those um moments of acceptance. And, and I got
0: one of them regular black daddies, y'all. This ain't no new age nigga. This is somebody that's got that has been that has been raised to have some of the same toxic, you mm. know, masculinity views that we know. He's one of those men. My father was in law enforcement, so he saw trans people in a way that wasn't positive. And for him, he didn't. For him, I think what kept him from seeing me as redeeming was that he in his mind, those are the people that we lock up. Mm. And so he, so the idea for him to suspend all of the things about him that were uncomfortable to give me that moment was just, it just was a testament to his love for me and how it superseded his own toxic mentality. And I want y'all to know out there, it is possible for the, because my I had the daddy that was not playing the radio. I had the daddy that was like, never. And on my day, to the day I die, I will never. And so that I'm, I'm a living witness that I, that you can have a relationship. And now it t- took time and it took me t- many years of me telling him, and I don't want to be bothered with you neither. But eventually we were able to get to that place. And so for anyone that's lost in that moment with their parents where they just feel like this is unredeemable, like I was homeless, y'all. Like I'm, not, I'm, t- I'm here to tell you, I was unredeemable with my parents too, but yet still I rise and we came together as a family and time heals all wounds and now here we are 10 years, six years after the wedding, 10 years in this relationship with Tierra and my parents come to my house. I go to their house. I spend the night in their house with my husband. We have a great, wonderful time. I just was, my mother's birthday is right after mine and we usually celebrate it on the same day. So, um, I, when I sent her her gift, I called her via um, FaceTime, and my daddy and me and her and, and Tierra was just cutting up, laughing, having a good time. But I attributed to that moment, that pivotal moment, where I think the tide of everything and the and the momentum that I had, and the moment of ever seeing everybody support me and seeing that I wasn't a failure, he had to acknowledge my beauty, and I, and I'm grateful for him to have the courage to do it.
1: <sighs> now that we got the good stuff out of the way, let's let's go to um our your social circle, your your friend circle. Cause I, I know from us talking about this how this really um uh, impacted you, because you didn't expect some of the things to happen. So your your friends are, and this includes the your your trans queer friends as well as um, your cis woman friends. When you first announced that you were engaged to be married, what was the vibe? What was the energy?
0: Well, so let me give a little just a little context. So in um before I when I started dating Tier, and this is this is a lesson for you girls. If y'all looking for some man that just come from nowhere. Tierra had a dating pass. and so did I and Tierra was dating another Tierra before me had dated another girl in community that was beloved by some of the same people that loved me and when we first started dating initially it was oh she took so-and-so man not realizing that they had been separated for more than a full year before I met him. but and because he was so prominent with her, you know how the girls in the community do, oh, you will always be so-and-so man because that's what we know you for. Right. And they had dated for years. They had dated for four years. So, you know, everybody just, you know, he everybody associated him with her at first. And so at first, and when they broke up, she kind of did like a little smear campaign on him. Um, you know, and I, I can't allege what was going on, but I know I've never experienced um, any of the the behaviors that she accused him of, and I'm not gonna get into that. But you know, she I've I've never experienced anything like it. My husband has been nothing but beautiful, nothing but sweet, nothing but a, a good man to me. I've, I have no problems. But you know, she made some allegations that turned that even my chosen mothers in the beginning were not very supportive of the relationship. It took me bringing him around and not like and daring them to pick they daring them motherfucking face to crack. Because I'm that girl. If you love me, you got to love who I love, bitch. So it took me bringing him around, the girls, and daring their face to the crack and them hoes not saying nothing. And it took them seeing how he treated me. I remember my trans mother actually apologized to Tierra and to me, like about two years into our relationship. Because she said, I never really truly knew you. And everything that I thought about you could not, could not be accurate for the person that I'm meeting. And I want to apologize for being so resistant. Now, that was cool and all, but that still was like a cloud that I feel like resonated and reared its ugly head when it came time for me to do my wedding planning. Because in community, by and large, everyone was excited, ex- except the people that weren't. And the people that weren't society excited, it would get gave very, I would tell them, oh, I'm getting married. Um, and it, it became very, well, how can you trust him, girl? You're going to marry that man, and you don't know. And not even that they knew him or even knew the allegations that were lodged up in the past, but they were just on the strength of, oh, you know he's going to, girl, don't do that, because you know how these niggas are, girl. He ain't going to, you know, he probably cheating on you now. There were a lot of people that when I told them I was getting married, began to tell me all about their horror stories with niggas that played them. Mm-hmm. And oh, you only been with him four years. Oh, my man didn't start beating me until six years in. You know, it's just like <laughs> really making me feel away and like unsupported. And so I had to circle it. So I, I learned from that. And when it was time for me to send out invitations, I made sure I sent it to people that I really care about, people that were important to me in community. Cause we did, I had some very nice invitations. I was very proud of them. But interestingly enough, I had um, sit, my sis girlfriend ghosted me. Um, Ghosted. I may have had, now, Tierra and I had friendships as a part of relationships that where we all co-dated, you know, like, you know, you have a friend circle and his line brother and, and, and their, you know, his line brothers and their wives I was cool with and his childhood friend and his wife I was cool with and, you know. The friend circle that we met as a result of hanging out with these folks, I was cool with that larger group of um, of, of, of of cis women because they were wives of men that my friend were. my husband was cool with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But like my actual cis friends, I had a handful show up to the wedding out of all of the ones I invited. And I invited, in, I invited at least 60 people. And I made total at the wedding, total at the wedding we may have had, 60 people, but I invited 60 people myself.
1: <laughs> why, why do you think that was?
0: I think I was doing something that, to be real, I think I was doing something that a lot of girls um, didn't feel like they could connect to. I had a good girlfriend, a good sis girlfriend that actually said to me, so she kept calling me as the wedding was getting closer, like, oh, you know, getting all of the details. And I'm talking to her like a regular girlfriend because I think it'd be still cool. And, but she keeps asking me, when is the wedding? Now, the shade of her continually asking me when the wedding is, is that it's also my birthday, bitch. So it's my birthday, bitch. (laughs) Like you're my friend, you know me for years. We've celebrated my birthday before. It's my birthday. But more importantly, girl, so the so so but I but I didn't never say anything. But one day when she asked me again, well, when is the wedding? This is two weeks before the wedding. She said, Well, when is the wedding? I said, girl, what does your invitation say? Cause I'm not telling you no more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When is the, what does your invitation say? Cause I sent you a very nice one that I spent a little coin on sis. But where, where, where's the invitation? She said, Oh, I got it. I said, did you throw it away? She said, no, I got it. She said, it's sitting on my nightstand. To be honest, girl sitting on my nightstand unopened. And I was like, why is it unopened? And she goes, because opening it would depress me. And I was like, bitch, depress you. How? And she said, because even you got a man even you even you bitch like mm-hmm. like, like i like like i like i was an alien bitch like even you got a man and it just depressed it would depress me and i remember saying in that moment well i don't i remember saying in the moment well don't open it then and i was like and you don't have to come if it's going to depress you girl. i don't really it's really not that big of a deal you don't have to come if it's going i don't want people that are going to be depressed and I, mind you, my heart is breaking because this is someone that I went to college with, somebody that I was cool with, you know, like we were, we were on that level. And I thought that that would have been a lifelong friendship. But anyway, she says, oh no, girl, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. What's the dress code? I said, it's a day wedding. So um, you can, you can, you can dress up or you can dress business casual. You can just chill out. You know, it, it does. I mean, you can you can dress business casual It's definitely not a jeans type of function. But, you know, if you got like a nice dress, you could put that on or, you know, some nice slacks on the top. You know, I was kind of giving her options because that's the relationship that I had with this, this woman was me giving her advice and shit. So even in that moment, after she told me my wedding would depress her, she still wanted my help on what to wear to my wedding. But and in that moment, I still was willing to give it. So she comes, so when on the day of the wedding, she actually does show up in dirty overalls and a t-shirt. And when I say overalls, think Farmer John, cook on both shoulders, I'm about to work in the field and get on the tractor overalls. The baggiest, most unflattering thing I've ever seen her wear, no makeup, no type of attempt at anything. Do you know that woman came to me, gave me a hug, said, I'm not staying long. As I'm coming down the staircase, as everybody hugging me, she goes, I'm not staying long. I just came to see, I just came to see how you look. And I came to just say, hey. Hugs me and proceeds to punch. Now, when I tell you. I have a picture of her hugging me. I have a picture of, so before, apparently before I came downstairs, a photographer did gather the wedding party for like group photos. So I do have a picture of her in a group photo before the ceremony started. But she really was determined to not really sit there because it would depress her. And she wanted me to feel, now this is after she asked my advice on clothes, she wanted me to feel that it wasn't serious to her by her coming in the most unattractive, the most dirty, I mean, she. I, not even being funny, that girl literally came to my wedding like she was coming out the yard and and then decided to leave. And I know that it was, she wanted to, to, to show me or to make the point of it's not that deep for me, but why come to do that? And that was just one example. A lot of my sis girlfriends just did not show up. Um Shout out to my girlfriend, Rudy. She did show up, although she stopped speaking to me after. Um, sh-
1: <laughs> Damn.
0: <laughs> like, that relationship, being married, really, really put a wedge between, and it's really sad. Now, my community, to be real, the leaders in community—shout out to Didi Dee Dee Shambly shout out to BT, shout out to the the, the leaders in the community, the people that I act worked with in activism—they showed up and showed out. But like my close personal friends, besides Toya, and like my family, that was it. Um, not too many people made the journey. Um, shout out to, um, shout out to the lady that made my cake. She was a trans woman. Um, she, and I, I don't know why, uh, Maya, shout out to Maya, the trans woman that did my cake. She's a wonderful friend of mine. She actually was someone that I, through my work and community helped transition. And she's also a pastry chef and she's amazing. And she did my cake and she did it for me as a gift. And it impressed all of my guests because it was a huge one of those four tier ginormous cakes and we had so much left over. I was just giving, giving that most of lots of pieces of cake away to people. We ended up freezing some of it and eating it the next year, you know, on the anniversary.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But um, yeah, girl, that event was just, it was very telling for me because some of those relationships have never been mended and there's never been a conversation as to why you never showed up to my wedding. And so I'm assuming the reason why they not, they don't have a reason and that's why they just stopped speaking to me. But yeah, it was really divide. My cis women friends really disappointed me. They hurt my heart. They really did. Now shout out to my doctor. Even my medical, my doctor showed up to the to the festivity. She's a black cis woman, and I'm very happy she came. And she's she's still my doctor to this day. Um, but yeah, my actual friends from college did not no shows. My a lot of my sit my good trans girlfriends no shows. Now for my trans girlfriends, I give them a little more of a pass because. You know i don't know everybody financial situation like that and i can understand how it's kind of intense to be in this environment with somebody else family and all these cis folks and you don't know who they are so i could get the i will i will give that pass for my community friends that didn't show up because i i don't know what there's so many other layers to that because i don't no. know how they, i can't guarantee how they would have been treated to be real so you know I mean, while I will say everybody that did come, I can say in hindsight, everybody that did come had a wonderful time and nobody was mistreated because I don't have people in my life like that. But, you know, you never know how the hotel staff or
1: whatever, how sure. they could be sure.
0: So, you know, I, luckily because that hotel is used, and that's why I had it at that hotel though, too, because I wanted it to be a hotel that I knew was going to be trans friendly because they host the the Southern Comfort Conference, Conference there or they did at one point when that existed. So I, th- I knew that it would be a safe place, but my trans mothers didn't come. Um, I don't know what that was about. They both have apologized. They are both apologized and They're both dead now. Um, so rest in heaven, ladies. Rest in heaven, Alicia Newton. Rest in heaven, Cheryl Courtney Evans. But yeah, they didn't show up and that was something that was awkward. And they had, you know, both of them apologized profusely and they had their different reasons. and. I don't know what, you know, and, and, and it doesn't matter whether or not I understand their reasoning. Bottom line is, is we were fine, but it was a very telling thing. And the marriage in general is a lonely thing in this community.
1: And that, like, t- yeah, talk, talk a little bit about, because I feel like from the outside looking in, people may have these assumptions that it's easy or you finally got this man and you have it all together. But again, from conversations that you and I have had um, off the record, like you, it has been very um, alienating for you, um, to, to the point where it's affected impacted some of your um, relationships in your friend group,
0: and it's affected me, and it's affected my ability to gain employment. It's affected my ability to be accepted in community as an advocate, and here's why. So down, so. Um, what I've learned in this process as being a wife is there are a lot of people who have a lot of idealized romanticized Disney ideas of what it is to be married. So they're not getting, we're going, we going in on these bills. We got, you know, two people that's two different mouths to feed now. That's a whole life. There's all of that. There's family pressure. There's me navigating in the world with this man, because guess what? I'm still a trans woman. So now I have my husband with me and we're trying to handle business and you know and, and 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 do different things so there's always these awkward conversations that are always required. But what's the biggest thing that is isolating about this experience is in whatever people's mind they have it now becomes off as oh you've done it. Because we are a community that has this background where in the past a strategy of survival was stealth and getting a husband was like the height of it because then you could now, you had the cushion to be able to not be in community and you were supposed to get married and disappear. Well, that's very much the vibe that I got and that I still get in community is why are you here? Why are you here? You over here yelling the loudest and you're not even going through nothing. You got a husband, you got a life. You why I mean it's, it's and so in their mind my concern about the community is fake. Because you not really you can't be really concerned because you're not in struggle. Because in, unfortunately in our community, we don't know a fight that we don't know how we don't know how to fight and have people included that aren't necessarily in struggle because a lot of our fight is born out of struggle. So then people will just look at me hear where I am at in life now see see you know the 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 wins and successes that i've had and they'll say oh you're exceptional so they'll do that either they'll exceptionalize me out of the conversation by saying oh girl you don't know what we've been through because you haven't been what we've been through not realizing bitch not only have i been through everything you've been through i've been through it and i've been through it hard and all the girls here in atlanta the reason why they really respect me is because they remember me they remember me as the as the as the as the, the 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 little bummy looking butch queen tranny in the park that was trying to punch. You know what I'm saying? They remember me. So it's very problematic though when I go into community spaces. There are people that will make assumptions about me based on my appearance, based on what they think my socioeconomic background is, based on the fact that I have a husband, and they will say, Oh, she's the problem. Rather than embracing or even wanting to hear what I have to say or hear my journey and how I evolved to be this person. I paid the cost to be this boss. It wasn't handed to me, but that is often just dismissed because I now have done something that they can't identify with. So then I must be upholding heteronormativity and patriarchy and all of these other things that they try to imbue on my husband and my relationship. So it affects me politically in this community because there are people that will not will not will not really let me at the at the table because they think I now represent heteronormativity. Now on the flip side, it has also hurt me in jobs. So in community right now, there's this there's this idea rather than hire the most qualified girl, the goal is that they want to hire someone so they can show that they're hiring a trans woman from the bottom. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So a lot of the they will purposely find people that are not qualified for the positions. They will purposely find people from a certain so from a certain level of struggle so that they can have that feather in their cap and say, I gave this job, I gave this opportunity to someone who was really, quote unquote, really in need. And Unfortunately, even on the executive director level, on the program development level, on the curriculum development level, on levels that I know for a fact I am qualified and I've done the work, I still have a very hard time, once people realize I'm married, getting them to take me seriously as a community advocate. Because what, then the first thing the, the, they try to make it out to be is, well, how do we know that you're not just gonna leave because you really don't, because in their mind, you have, a, you have a spouse, so you don't need a job, which is stupid, because we know that you can't pay bills in this world just on one income in America right now, the way the, the income thing goes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they won't even, so I have literally had to talk about my husband in interviews, and even though I know that that's technically kind of illegal... I want the job and I'm a black trans person and there are not a lot of jobs out there. And this is a nonprofit that says they're LGBT. So I'm hoping that they're not gonna use that against me. But a lot of times what I've noticed is I will have people, cause I've actually had the conversation with people after the fact, like, well, what was it? Cause I have girlfriends that have been on committees for me to get hired for jobs. And I've been a finalist. I'm always a finalist. I'm always the, it's always between me and one other person, but ultimately it always goes to someone that they believe really needs the job and they don't think that i need it and so then they're not willing to give me a chance to show my skill set and this is the reason why i have this platform because it has been virtually impossible because the jobs are so competitive they want to say they gave it to a girl that really needed it And and they and they and they and they really judge me and make me feel very very small as and then even in the conversations, like when I go on panels, the first thing people say is, and Samaya is married, and the crowd claps. And then it's like, so tell us about your marriage you don't want to you don't care about my politics you don't care about my my platform you don't care about my education you don't care about the the work that i've done in curriculum you don't care about anything that i've done for this community i'm on this panel to talk about black trans murders and now i'm having to take a moment to talk about my husband and while i love him down he doesn't he is not me i am not him i am a separate individual even my girlfriends like they they will they will and they will we'll be in public and we'll be like in an event where we're speaking and we're advocating for community and with the i will purposely introduce myself as just me but they will make a point to tell everybody in the room or one of them will grab the mic and she's married and I get that they're proud of me. And I know that they're trying to, they look up to me in that way. And for a lot of women, this is a milestone that, cause I didn't think I was going to get married. I didn't think this was a reality for me as a trans person myself. So I get it on a certain level, but it also, it's also very reductive because now I'm no one without him. Even when I go, it doesn't matter. I could have just given a 30 minute keynote speech for, for an event of, of, of young leaders. And afterwards, everybody be like, where's your husband? Oh, okay. I was about to say, girl, like, if he's not here or if he, or, you know, if a man will approach me and be like, where's your husband? And if he's not there, then it's very, oh, y'all okay? Is he okay? Are y'all okay? It's like, yeah, we're fine. I chose to come to this alone. But but it just goes to show we live in a society where misogyny still affects even trans people in the way they see themselves. Misogyny and patriarchy affects how women are treated. Even Trans women treating each other and the community treating, because to be real, this was very damaging for my career. Now, to be real, being married was very damaging for my career because that I can't, that is something in Atlanta in particular, because I had that big grand event, because everybody talked about it, because it became a thing. Oh, she don't need nothing. Why y'all giving it to her? Somebody don't need that job. You need to give it to a girl that need it. And I've heard girls say that while in my presence. Girl, and I, they'll be like, Oh, you apply for the job, Samaya? They don't need to give it to you. They need to give it to a girl that needs a job, bitch. You don't need a job. And I'm like, Yes, the fuck I do. But again, I have a husband, and in their mind, you're not even supposed to be wanting to do this community shit. So, yeah, girl, it's been a problem.
1: So, so I guess now, how, how, well, keeping the focus on um, the trans woman in your circle how have, have those relationships ended have they evolved like what's the state of those like relationships now in, in relation to you your marriage and you being a married woman
0: all i will say this i have a privilege and an honor to have beautiful sisters um i don't have the kind of sisters that the world would try to say all trans women are i don't have predatory sisters that are trying to get my man's eye behind my back I don't have sisters that I have to wonder if I'm leaving the room, if it's gonna be a little, t- a little you know, a little tit flash or, you know, like the, the stereotype in our community, um, unfortunately, that we've even bought into is that trans women, particularly when you're in a relationship, you can't have them around your man. And I would put my argument to that is, if you hanging around with basic bitches that don't have, that don't love you for real, then no, you can't have them around your man. Not because of him, but because you don't wanna put no one in a situation where I'ma have to beat a bitch ass. But my friends, my real friends, my sisters, y'all have been amazing. Um, I have sisters that can come stay. I used to live, so Toya, I used to live around the corner from her. And like my husband and she and her boyfriend at the time, and me and her would go and have dinners at each other's houses and car games. and We would... Um, we, we just have we 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 were really really close and i think my girlfriends um what i really appreciate is how much they like my man and how much they respect him and how comfortable he feels around them and i think it's largely in part to one me bringing him into the tr- community very early on um so then he already had in his mind he knows these people even before we were married but he also knew knows about the issues that trans people go through because i made a point to make sure that he was educated by being a part of the conversation if anybody has ever been to philly trans health conference you met my husband because he was there mm-hmm. matter of fact he's spoken on two panels
1: mm-hmm. at that time. yes
0: so i have a husband that is in it is, it is involved in community that is connected and i think that's why he's able to get a level of respect and for my really really close friends the girls that are welcome in my home those girls have been nothing but wonderful to me. So I don't really have no real gripes for my sister's sisters. And even in community, now, people, now, you know, there used to be a time where my husband would come to spaces and like they people would just speak to me. They would act like he wasn't there. Um, The girls would be like, hey girl, hey, and then walk off like he's not standing there. Now, because he's been, you know, so many girls around the country have known him through, you know, him going places with me and speaking he now is able to have friends and he has trans friends that are trans women that are just his friend. And I'm okay with that because I know where he be at and I love him and I trust him. And I know there are some people that be like, Ooh, sis, I don't know. But no, these are women that have proven themselves over the decade we've been together to not be a threat. And that's why I don't mind him having friends. So my friends are good and his trans friends are good.
1: So I guess, I guess to um, end this conversation, if you had, if you had to do your whole wedding process over again, would you like do anything differently or?
0: No, I wouldn't have done anything differently. I would have reacted differently.
1: Mm. Um,
0: I was in the I at that reception. While I can remember it fondly, I remember being very angry that. You know, they didn't put the ballroom. I mean, they, they didn't move the tables where they said they were. The setup wasn't how I, we agreed. The venue kind of, you know, didn't do anything that they said they were going to do. Um, well, not do anything. I won't say that because they put together a wonderful meal and they did a great job with the serving and all of that. But like there were a lot of mistakes in the actual reception that I was so focused on in the moment that I had a bad mood. That even though it was loving and I can remember the love now, I also remember in that moment like being very, very angry. Um, and so I would change that reaction. It, it also didn't help that I had that encounter with my mother-in-law that wasn't great. And even though now we're great and all that, hell, that jazz, I would have probably stopped her in that moment and we would have had the conversation. I would not have allowed it. Cause see, then when we finally had it after we were married, it was, it, 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 I would have, I, I wish going back that when we were going through those sliding glass doors at the Crown Plaza in in Sandy Springs, that I would have stopped her right then and there and say, hey, my name is, and how are you? And we would have had that conversation because what I realize now is she, like me, is the type of woman, we are gonna have to have the conversation, bitch. And I didn't do that then and it manifested in a way later that I don't think was the most productive While we've gotten past it, but yeah. That I wish I would have did differently. And I wish that I put a lot less investment, emotional investment in people coming. Because at the end of the day, that did not fucking matter. The wedding, the actual wedding, only had my brother as my witness and his sister as his witness. And it was the most beautiful memory that I have. The reception was nice. I enjoyed the accolades of that moment. But like, and that moment with my father is the takeaway. But. I put entirely too much investment in the people and the how things looked at that place. And I, we said at one point, I, I said, well, Tierra said at one point he, we regretted it, but I think we both have evolved to the place where our family wouldn't have seen that. I wouldn't have had that moment with my father had, it not, had we not done that reception, because that was such an outlay of money. It was way, way, way more than the wedding. <laughs> so hindsight being 2020, I don't change a thing. I would just change my reactions.
1: And my i guess my last question is what advice um would you impart to um to the ecosystem of, like should you know should another girl get married what advice um would you impart to the ecosystem of people around that trans woman like um to the family and to the the sisters don't walk away
0: don't walk away. I think a lot of people think. Oh, I think a lot of people assume that when you're in a relationship that they need to steer clear. Um, it was very lonely. Um, I went through a lot of very, very painful things. And a lot of my people that I would ordinarily just call up and they would just answer at a dime had just slowly faded out of my life. Um, and so I would advise the community to rally around and support the couple Um, because they need it. Because if y'all not supporting a couple, you do know the rest of the world isn't. Um, So it's important to have the community rally around you. Um, I would also say if you are a chosen family member of someone that is getting married or, or, or going down that path, remember that while I am married, I still need you too. He doesn't replace you. Those relationships were so vital and so important. And when everybody kind of disappeared, it was really, really painful for me. And so if I could go back, I would tell the community, you uplift this couple. You encourage that couple. You make sure that, you know what I'm saying, you're rooting for them to win. Um, that is not a time to share your jaded stories of, you know, of of all the things that have happened to you, because what happened to you may not happen to me. And in that moment, I really just needed people that were going to say, yay, you know, and I think about my, how lonely. even though my girlfriend did a great job of trying to cheer me up, we had a wonderful time at the gathering. I just think about how I can sit around all these girls and go to everybody's event and go to everybody community function and all of this stuff, and when I'm having this moment that is milestone, that really could be something that I would I wanted to share with 70 of my own personal closest friends um, or, or share with the community. I didn't necessarily, not my closest friends, but I wanted to share it with my community. This wasn't just my moment, but no one wanted to go through this moment with me, it felt like, or not many people did. Um, and... That's sad. Um, so yeah, I, you rally around the couple, one, stay in their lives even after they're married and make a point to let people know that you're there for them, two. And then three, always remember that your who you are and who I am, having, while it changes over time, the institution of marriage does not significantly change a person and so, if i am someone that was an advocate who cared and loved about community and was engaged and really really was was, was kind of moving and shaking and then now after i'm married it becomes a setback and i can't participate in community activities because people feel like well what is your place to be here not realizing my place has always been here and i helped create the table you're sitting at and that's not even being shady that's being real uh, and so it was really really weird to then have these same organizations that I partner with, that I love, that I supported, just be like, oh, well, you know, and then the married lady referring to me as the married lady is reductive. I don't like that at all, at fucking all. So as a community, I get that we're excited about marriage and what it means. But I'm a person, and I was a person before I was married. I'm a separate individual from my husband. While we are united as a team, a team means more than one person in the team. It's not one person. And so I just want people to remember that. Remember to support people even as they promote in life. And just because someone is increasing in life doesn't mean that they're not concerned about the bedrock issues that affect the rank and file members of the community.
1: And I would I would just like to add like to uh, our trans women to like really work through your issues of jealousy and enviousness, because I th- I feel like from my perspective, that's the that's at the heart of a lot of why uh, we can't support each other, especially those of us who are sisters and um, I think, I think it, it stems from a fear of being alone and a, fi- a feeling of not being worthy. But like jealousy and envy, they are regular human emotions. We all have them. And like they are things that can be worked through and they're things that you can process. But when you allow that emotion to make you um, not be supportive of your friend who's going through this um, major life event, Um, I I, I don't know, I think it's, I I think we end up losing time and losing moments with each other. And I just, I just really, it it just, it just, just to see how we let jealousy and envious because we we want something that somebody else's, that we see that somebody else has, but we really don't know what it's like. And we're we're basing this off of all of these assumptions of what we think it is and what we think we should have, when really we should be um, taking the time to celebrate each other and um, lift each other up. Um, So I I, I just think, especially with trans women, like that jealousy and that enviousness, that's at like the root of all of it. And we really have to um, challenge each other to work through it to exactly. work through it and to process um, through it. I'm not saying don't have, like it's a natural human emotion to have, especially for all of us that are looking for love and that are looking for partnership, like I get it. I get, and I'm not gonna act like I haven't had those um, feelings um, when you see the people on your timeline. But it's just like, you got you have to work through that. And you have to be like, you, you have to be happy from other people, from a genuine place so i i guess the um that's um my two cents but sis i definitely appreciate you for sharing like the story because i know this is very intimate and it's very emotional um for you to share but like i said i think people needed to hear the experience um from the other side and just to hear like what like what this is um really like and um, just to have a realistic expectation, because you know, mar- you know, marriage is a beautiful day, and you know, we come together to celebrate. But it really, it really, it really reveal it can reveal who people are, who people are, especially when you need them to show up for you and you need them to celebrate you.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. <laughs>
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of Box Number 512 Podcast. Grown Black Trans Woman Talk. Don't forget to go to our Anchor page
0: to become a monthly sponsor. And also feel free to like, follow, and subscribe to us on all of our social media platforms.
1: And also, please don't forget to rate and review our podcast, Every Comment Matters.
0: And lastly, please, please, please. Follow and tune in for our live interactive Facebook
1: show every Friday on Facebook and YouTube. Until next time, I'm the Lioness. And I'm Aeon. Bye.